God's been! Miss Grimm was lying on the ground, clutching her side. Blood was bubbling around her fingers. How low can you sink? Using muggle instruments of murder? Hello, and welcome back once again to the Remedial Magic Podcast. My name is Brady, and as always, with me for the past 23 episodes, and now for the 24th are my two co-hosts, Baylor and Delbert, and guys, we are in the thick of it at this point in this book. We are at a place where things are happening rapid fire, and it's a really enjoyable read, and so I'm excited to dive into the discussion this week where we talk about chapter 26, which is called Murder in the Woods. Seemingly the only answer we didn't get in this chapter was, does a bear shit in the woods? So I'm looking forward to this discussion. Yeah, okay. I would argue that bears indeed do shit in the woods. Oh, right. Answers. I understood what you meant now with all the explaining. I thought you were talking last chapter about how we find out who's behind it rather than why. Yeah, yeah. Delbert's spending a lot of time uh, reading about the things he's going to add to his D&D character before next session, so. True. He's going to be a bit behind, and I might be a bit behind too because I've been behind all day, but at any rate, this should be an exciting chapter to talk about, I think. Yeah. For sure. It's exciting for a few reasons. Uh, One of the biggest reasons is because we're almost done. I think this chapter means that there's four left, and that's pretty quick uh, coming up, really, Considering we've been doing this since, what, the end of August or beginning of September, something like that. So the fact that we've been on this book for more than half a year at this point uh, makes me excited to push on through to the end so we can see where we're going to be with the next one. Yeah, uh, I believe on the 31st of March it'll be five months since our first episode aired on Halloween. Oh, that's right. I forgot we've been recording for more than half a year, but these episodes have only been out since Halloween. Yeah, so, so just under half a year right now. But it's definitely been a, a a great first season, and I'm so glad that it's ending the way it is because True. we're getting answers to everything we've yeah. been speculating. Well, I've been speculating for I mean, really, Baylor? About. I'm excited to see what you think is coming next because this chapter really surmises a lot of what's happened so far. So I'm curious what you're going to think happens from the end of this to the end of the book. Indeed. Should be a good time. It should be. Uh, before we jump in... Is there anything big in the Harry Potter world you guys have heard about this week? I learned that the Hogwarts roller co- or the Hagrid roller coaster rather is the most expensive ever built by almost three times the price of the second place at three hundred million dollars. I've heard good things about that roller coaster. Looks great. It's at Universal in Florida, right? Yeah. Uh, do you know what it's called? The whole name? It's um, kind of a mouthful. Hagrid's motorbike something. Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. Yeah. Wow. All Excellent that for ride. a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if, that, if that's the roller coaster's name, it's got to be worth a ride. Well, most roller coasters cost, on average, $8 million. So the fact that one's $300 million, I mean, that's pricey. It's not, as far as I know, it's not like a traditional or typical roller coaster no. either, right? It's more of a experience than it is like a crazy heights and crazy drops type of thing yeah so it's all launch track so there's no lift hill so that's you know a quicker ride experience helps get the trains through the station 
There's also block sections where trains basically operate in parts of the track, but they can't move on to the next one until it's cleared. They have a switching track, is, which is relatively new, where basically the track will move mid-ride, and you back through and go a different route. And they also have a drop track, which drops you vertically down to a lower model so you can move on with the ride that way as well. Now, how does it's that awesome. work exactly? Like, the drop track, you're you're stopped, and then it drops vertically? Yes. And is it a... Yeah, so... It's like an elevator, or it just drops you vertically? It It's kind of... It's an elevator, but it's a quick drop from what I've seen. Essentially, you come around a corner, you go up, the track ends, you start backing up, the track switches you differently so you're not heading back towards the station anymore. You go into the Forbidden Forest, you come to a stop at the end, then you drop to a lower track in the Forbidden Forest and escape. So you're like traveling underneath part of the the set? Or you just it's drop just and then... It's just more set. Okay. Yeah. Like, on the top track, I think you're seeing, like, Aragorn and all this stuff uh, in the spiders. And then on the bottom track, you see, like, the Weasley's car, and you see, like, the forest floor and stuff like that. Interesting. Uh, uh, I think the most compelling thing about what you just said is that they've got a Lord of the Rings character in the Forbidden Forest. Sorry, Aragog? Yeah. Aragog. 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 <laughs> sorry. Whew. Uh, I know that I went to Universal, to Harry Potter World. Baylor, you and I did when it had just first opened and they've expanded, it's like three times the size of that now with yeah. many more locations and a lot of new rides. And so uh, I want to propose that at some point in the life of this podcast, we make a podcast trip down there and maybe even do a live show from the park. Nice. Yeah, that'd be yeah. pretty sweet. I was just going to say, we should definitely, once we become famous and rich, uh podcast can buy an all-inclusive trip. To yeah, the- in fact, I think we take the podcast money we rev- we generate and pay for a 30-day pass, and on day one, we host, like, a podcast and meet and greet, and then 29 days, we just have a great time. That sounds awesome. Wow. <laughs> I will say, manifesting this podcast into being successful, uh, my girlfriend told me that she had a dream last night that we got verified on Instagram, and I'll tell you what, if that's not a marker of success in today's world, I don't know what is. Nice. Hmm. What All... does it take to be verified? I don't know. I don't think a lot. More, more than 30 followers? Yeah, yeah. More than the eight <laughs> we have. Um, but, yeah. Uh, one thing that happened to me in the Harry Potter world, uh, the an ad for Fantastic Beasts uh, Secrets of Dumbledore came up while I was watching March Madness, and I recited almost all of the lines to my wife, and she was not impressed. So, well, that's Because you've like watched it so much her. for this podcast? Indeed, yes. Yes, I've watched it quite a while. Quite not a, lot. a shout out to your wife because I don't want her mad at me, but that's not cool. Well, she doesn't listen to the podcast anyways. Lovely. I, again, I thought we were going to talk about this this week, but I don't think we will. It seems that they're releasing more and more stuff about the movie, more they are. scenes and more clips. And so I think we'll make a special effort in next week's episode to set aside some time to address these new things that are coming out. It's going to get kind of time loopy for the podcast because that might come out after our reaction to the movie, but I still think it's worth discussing. Right. The movie's out from the time of this recording in two and a half weeks. Yeah. April 15th. Pretty exciting. Can't wait to stay up till 4 a.m. podcasting. I was going to say, there's a chance that (laughs) this podcast watches the midnight release, podcasts about it right afterwards, and then tries to get an episode released by morning time. So if that happens, uh, that deserves, I think, some additional follows from somebody out there. Yeah, or if you want to pay for three 
all-expense-paid passes to Harry Potter World. That would also work. That'd be great, too, but airfare... <laughs> that'd be lit, yeah. Airfare and lodging would have to be included. I said all-inclusive. I wouldn't say that any of us are wealthy enough to justify a trip like that, <laughs> but uh, at any rate, it's kind of busy time in Harry Potter World anyways, and so I'm going to be doing this at the beginning of the remaining episodes of season one here, just asking you guys what you've noticed new in the Harry Potter world, because I feel like we're going to be having some new stuff almost every week at this yeah. point. And I should say the Hagrid coaster, not new, but I did learn stuff about it this week. So. Relatively new. I mean, compared to the rest of the park, True. relatively new. It's the newest big thing that they installed there. Right. It looks really cool. So many animatronics and so many like places where you stop and listen to characters address you and talk about stuff. It looks neat. Looks fun. So it's more like uh, the original Harry Potter ride, where it's more informational, not so much the terror of a I mean, roller coaster. It's, it's quick. It's I quick. Think it goes like fifty-five or something. There's a lot of thrill tracks. involved. the The original one that's in Hogwarts is more of like a four D moving screen on a track type of thing, uh, and this one is on a roller coaster track, and you're moving around physical props, yeah, and that sort of thing. There's just places where you slow down, and you can listen to things that are being said or whatever, but that doesn't mean that it's slow. I mean, you ride on Hagrid's motorbike yeah. as part of the experience, so it does move it, quickly. I mean, there's 4K videos on YouTube of riding it, so, I mean, I've watched that a couple times. It's really, really cool. It is really cool. I think that'll probably do it, though, for the yeah Hagrid's magical creature Longer adventure than I meant motorbike to talk about it, that's for sure. ride segment of this show, <laughs> but... If you have a chance to go check it out, I would suggest it. Really, Harry Potter World has turned into, I think, one of the premier amusement parks worldwide at this point. Yeah. So. And if we go there, we can probably expense it as a field trip. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. We'll fit a five-minute segment in our next yeah. episode. Our entire podcast will just be different segmented clips of us on roller coasters and Baylor and I hiding as far down in the car as we can because oh, we both hate no. those things. I love coasters, <laughs> man. At any rate. This week, we're talking about Alexander Quick and the Thorn Circle, Chapter 26. It's titled Murder in the Woods, which promises some action. And then additionally, last week, we talked about Chapter 25, which was called The Registrar's Office. And we learned that Journey, Ben Journey, is the one who's been trying to kill Alex. We learned that Alex's last name is indeed Thorn. We learned that Mr. Thiel indeed is an interesting character. Uh, what else did we learn last week? There's, there's so much stuff. personally, that Baylor was correct in calling it the WDJ agent. But I also learned that Inverarity was incorrect for not making it WJD, which sounds way better. Sure. Ah. <laughs> sure. It was a big chapter. Nonetheless, it was a good discussion, I think, one of our better ones. So if you've missed that episode somehow, go back and listen to that first. However, this week, it's also a big chapter, and I think we should do our three-sentence summary. So, Baylor, why don't you start? Delbert, you go in the middle, and I will polish it off. Theo attempts to keep guard on Alex, but Alex just jumps out of a window. Ben Journey decides as a typical Bond villain to monologue away instead of achieving his plan. There was a murder in the woods. 
Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hell of an ending there. <laughs> uh, I want to just start right away by saying I think this is the first instance, and this isn't canon because it's fan fiction, but where I see a gun being used in the wizarding world in a way that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about that on this podcast, right? Like how sometimes muggle stuff like could be pretty useful in the wizarding world, this being one of those things. Interestingly, Dean Grimm knew what it was, though, which we've seen in the past, like with Mr. Weasley or other known wizards. They seem to struggle at understanding basic muggle stuff. And so when he pulls out the gun... Dean Grimm kind of knows what's going to happen. She insults him over it, actually. Yeah, she, she, she does. can't believe he'd stoop to such low measures as using muggle killing machines or whatever. Yeah. The only other time, right, that or the only time we see an, a gun in the Harry Potter series is at the very beginning when Vernon Dursley pulls a gun on Hagrid and Hagrid bends it into a knot. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. I think there was also a scene with uh, Mad-Eye Moody or something, and they were talking about the the poo poo guns or something. I, I don't know. Maybe I not. feel like that rings a bell, but I don't remember when. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see a gun show up in the wizarding world again, because it's very rare that something like this makes its way into either canon or into fan fiction. And it shows up at the end of this chapter, uh, which I think I just thought was a clear sign of desperation on journey's part. Right, He had tried so many things, and none of them would work, and so he brings the gun out as his last-ditch effort to try to take care of uh, Alex. Yeah. Interesting to see, for sure. The chapter begins, though, with... Right after the last chapter ended, you've got Alex screaming her head off while she's being restrained by teachers, and Dean Grimm, for for all that Dean Grimm is... <laughs> is is telling Alex to stop acting like a child in this moment. Telling yeah. a child to stop acting like a child. I do enjoy Alex's little uh, statement where she says, please, this is my fault. We have to save her. And Dean Grimm just says yes to, like, both of yeah. them. Right, yeah. yeah. It's pretty funny. I actually had written that down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what was she saying yes to? Both? Both. Yeah. Definitely both. I will say that Dean Grimm telling Alex to stop acting like a child, it's not helping anybody right now. It's mean, but it's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. She's correct. She's telling Alex, like, hey, we know what's going on. We know it's your fault. You doing this isn't going to save anybody. It's not going to help anybody fix the situation. Yeah. And, I mean, we've talked about the incompetency of Dean Grimm as a headmaster up through this point. I don't think she's very incompetent at taking charge. And we've seen that in her office. We see that now, both with Alex, with her staff, and with uh, Mr. Thiel. Right. Yeah. Hell of a scene. Maybe, well, my favorite scene to begin the chapter. Her incompetency, while we talk about it a lot, it doesn't stretch to her ability as an adult or her ability as a witch, right? We're talking about her incompetency in terms of being an adequate leader of children in school. Right. Yeah. So seeing her take charge here isn't altogether surprising in my opinion. I mean, she is the head of the school for a reason. She clearly got put in this position for something, and we see that come out here, right? She takes control over everything, including Thiel, which at this moment, Thiel gets confirmed to be a secret government operative, as Baylor has been predicting for the last several chapters in this book. I definitely didn't think in this manner that that would 
happen, but I'll take the W. Thiel is a junior agent, I believe, right? And he gets shut down by Grimm immediately because of that. He tries to take charge, and she says, you know, it'd be embarrassing if your superiors found out you were just taken on by two 11-year-old girls, and <laughs> ouch, right? She's I, right. Though. She is right, but and ouch. He has been pretty horrific at everything he's tried to do so far, so warranted. I was trying to think if he has a redeeming moment in this book. No. The only thing I could think of is what we talked about uh, when Alex was almost killed by garroting gas in the basement, and he's the only one saying she should go to the hospital. But that seems to be the only moment where he's doing anything that has a net positive. Yeah. Well, he also, for the entire book, since he was introduced, has like not been nice to Alex. And it just is it. It doesn't make sense other than maybe there's some like prejudice in the government against anyone associated with the Thorn Circle, because either that or he's just a, a jerk. But he definitely wasn't nice, even though he said go to the hospital. He made fun of Alex, saying that you probably wouldn't be able to walk and cast a spell at the same time. He's a little bit like Percy Weasley in that respect. Right, He obviously knows something about Alex's association to the Thorn Circle, and so that's got to be part of the reason why he's been treating her specifically so poorly since he arrived at the school. Yeah. I find it interesting that Dean Grimm allows Alex out of her sight at this moment. She sends Alex with Mr. Thiel back to her room, which is fine. He's part of the government. It's been made known at this point that he's not an enemy or he's not part of this conspiracy to kill Alex. But I do find it interesting that Dean Grimm is comfortable letting Alex get away from where she is, knowing the situation, knowing how Alex definitely isn't going to just sit on the sidelines and let Anna be taken away into the forest. Yeah. I mean, actively right now there's someone trying to get Alex and you're like, go back to your room. It's just not the safest (laughs) Safest plan. Let the guy opinion. that I just said got beat by two 11 year olds be the one to protect. Him. Exactly. I, I'm surprised that Dean Grimm is allowing that to happen in this moment, but I guess she's probably trying to take on more of the she, commander in charge. I mean, position she is here. in the other side, getting rid of both the people that are causing problems with her efforts right now. But I can't believe she doesn't send like shirtlift or someone with them. I agree. Yeah. Especially when she says, try to keep her in the room and she will try to get out. Yeah. Like she acknowledges that. So I don't know. I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but when journey says that Thiel and, and Grimm used her kind of as bait kind of seems that way right here. Cause I mean, she's just kind of you know, giving Alex kind of a reason to try to escape because she knows that she already out overpowered Thiel once she probably can outsmart him again. Yeah. I just, Again, and I think I brought this up during our last conversation about this book, but I feel that what Journey says here about using Alex as bait to try to root out this person is 100% true and has been most of the book. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's had Alex's best interest at heart here. No. Because if she did, Alex would have not been in any of the situations she was in. Except for for maybe the Invisible Bridge. People that don't have Alex's interests in... uh their mind, Mr. Thiel, as they're walking to her room, just says, 
you know, I thought plenty of times over this year I should have just let Ben get you. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was talking about earlier. How Bruh. he's just a jerk or like well, that prejudice torture or something. That confirms know. bias because of the Thorn Circle connection, right? Yeah. He's, I mean, he must have known who she was if that's the case. I mean, he's incompetent, but he probably doesn't hate everyone for nothing. So, I mean, he must have known that she was, you know, Alex Thorne, and maybe that's why he caught on to the fact that uh, when she was trying to go to the register's office, he was like, oh, why are you trying to go in there? That's exactly right, you yeah. know? Uh, and if he knew, which it's implied that he knew, then certainly Dean Grimm knew too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That it has to be that way. Yeah, and now the question, same thing we talked about last week, how many people do know? Right. If he knows... Which, he's part of the government, so that makes sense. Dean Grimm is the uh, dean, maybe makes sense. Does Dean Price know, since she's also a dean over Alex? Do her teachers know? Who else knows? Well, and what's the what's the game in the end? If you knew that somebody's trying to kill one of your students the whole year, and instead of stopping it, as soon as you knew, you're letting it continue on until you can make a more public arrest or something, is the goal for Mr. Thiel and, and Dean Grimm to allow Alex to die and be able to make the arrest at the same time so they can knock two birds off with one stone. Yeah, I don't know. Right? Because you can eliminate the daughter of the Thorn Circle as well as make an arrest that makes you a more high-profiled person in the government. It's definitely convoluted, that's for sure. It's a strange, strange situation. And more than anything else Dean Grimm has done this whole year if she knew who was trying to kill Alex this whole time and she allowed it to continue, that makes her, that disqualifies her from being a leader of a school more yeah. than anything else she's done. And she's done a lot of terrible stuff. Yeah. That's what I've always thought. It, it would be <laughs> very easy for Dean Grimm to remove Journey from his close proximity role to the students or just remove him from the school altogether, you know, and, and just not even give him the opportunity to put Alex in danger because we, I think it's safe to assume that they were, um, now it's safe to assume now that we know he is a, a WDJ agent, uh, Theo that is, that they were suspicious of um, Journey from, you know, mid-semester or whatever. I agree. I 100% agree. And I don't know. As this chapter moves on, Theo escorts Alex back to her room. And first of all, she fools him into staying out of her room by playing on some ridiculous insecurity, in my opinion, yeah. right? Like by saying, you're going to come into a girl's room. In this situation, yeah, I'm the adult yeah. in charge. If you need to change, you can go in the joined bathroom exactly. and be in there. Right? Like. So she fools him into staying outside, and then when he knows that she's trying to do something, because he can hear her making noise and hear the window open and hear Charlie making noise or hear a crow cawing from outside or whatever it is, he goes to come inside, and then again she says, Ooh, it's going to really suck if your superiors know you had to curse me. And he goes, Yeah, you're probably right. That'll not be good for my reputation. And so he does nothing again. Yeah, feels yeah. horrible. Yeah, it makes no sense. It also, possibly, he wants her to go. Because he said, I wish I would have just let Journey have at you or whatever. I guess that's true. But man, like, what looks worse for you as an agent of the government? Letting the person you're in charge of protecting die? Or making sure that you're in the room so that they don't die. Yeah. In the end, what mm -hmm. looks worse? Yeah. If you say, I had to petrify her so that she wouldn't do anything else stupid, but she's still alive and we caught the killer, your boss is probably like, okay, 
Well, especially in this world where they can go around obliviating people after they interview exactly. them. Exactly. Like, not even a bat an eye for something like that. I think my favorite interaction when, when Alex is in a room and he's outside is when the crow shows up and he just yells, blast it quick. What the hell does that mean? I guess because she's making noise and he doesn't want her to. I don't know. Better yet, why didn't uh, Grim just turn her into a rat, put her in the office and lock the door? That's also the true. The only thing I can <laughs> think of in regards to that is that the other teachers are around. Yeah. And maybe they don't know about what Dean Grimm does behind closed doors. Well, other teachers were, like, reverting her to a student throughout the year when she was a rat, though. That's true, but that's that's a little less severe, maybe, than turning somebody into a rat and then locking them in a cupboard. Yeah, that's fair. I just don't know. I, the whole situation screams to me that they didn't really care if Alex died or not. They just wanted to get Journey because they knew he was part of the Thorn Circle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Alex does escape her room, though, of because course. she's a crazy person. From a With a note from Journey saying, whatever happens to Anna is your fault. That's right. Yeah. That, I, that really spurs her to leave her room as of she course. receives a note from Journey saying, you know, if you don't come out here, I'm going to kill Anna, and that's on you. I and mean, I think it's still safe to say Journey is not a dumb person. Absolutely not. So he knows exactly how to make her do what he wants. Well, we find out later on that he's not a dumb person at all. There's just other things influencing the success of his plan. Right. But Alex receives this note, and I got to tell you, for all of Alex's flaws, she is loyal to a fault to her friends. And on top of that, she is just dumb enough to be brave. You know what I mean? Like, she just jumps out the window and snaps her ankle yeah. right here, yeah. and it doesn't stop her. This is just the, as it hurts and keeps walking. Yeah. The <laughs> first time her dog reverse doesn't work. Of course, it's when she's jumping out a window to go save her friend's life. That's interesting. Resulting in her ankle breaking. I was wondering about this. Why didn't the dog roll verse work here? Is it because she's been away from it for so long? She hasn't, like, tapped into that power in so long? Or what's the deal with that? You know, uh, I just thought of something crazy when we were talking about Thiel. Um, he does come in the room and put a couple spells or charms on, on the room. And... What if, what if sadistically he put like an anti-magic charm on, on the room or something? That would have been a smart move on his part, probably. Yeah, I I would think that would be what he would do if it wasn't Thiel. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> he's just grossly incompetent. But it, but if, I guess like if Grimm and him had been talking, probably she would have been like, yeah, she uses dog reverse from time to time. And then he knows that she doesn't have her wand. I don't know. There's, I don't think there's potential for that. It could thing. be. Could be that Alex said the dog roll verse and then jumped. Yeah. So it wasn't immediately happening. Could be that she hasn't used dog roll verse in a while, so she's struggling to reconnect with that power. There's a lot going on. Bottom line is it doesn't work. She falls and snaps her ankle and then has to, I'm assuming, hop slash crawl into the forest looking for Journey. Maybe it also just doesn't work when you're flying or falling. Because we hear like pretty early in the original Harry Potter series, something about wizards can't fly except for Voldemort, I think. It's true, and I would think you have a point, except for she's used it when she's been falling in this book. When? When she fell off the Invisible Bridge. But that was using something else to save her, because even further back, they talk about how her and Bonnie jumped off a roof and got her. Ah, uh, you're right. So, 
during the Invisible Bridge, she did something else to stop the flight. She cast a spell maybe, on Charlie, not herself. Yeah, maybe Doggirl Verse or Magic in general just can't stop falling. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe. For sure. You know, my last thing about Thiel here is Alex had just been making enough noise to annoy him into telling her to be quiet. And then she leaves the room and stops making noise, and he doesn't think that's weird at all. I think he just wants her dead, to be honest. It's such a bizarre situation. I mean, he I hope he's never promoted above junior officer or junior whatever he is because he's not good enough to be anything else. I hope he's sent to prison. He said, oh, I wish he would have killed you. Like, I will say, come on, man. looking back at his track record at the school, it does strike me that he has seemed incredibly... Almost, I guess, almost annoyed at the position he was forced to take in order to be undercover. Right. So that could be leading into his actions now, too. But I don't know. If you are supposed to be on the side of good, man, just be on the side of good and do what's right instead yeah. of being lazy and con and having contempt for an 11-year-old girl, you know? You you would think that that would be the logical decision oh, yeah. that they would make. but Not a chance, though. Yeah. Sad. I find it interesting that Alex reaches a spot out of sight of Charmbridge and then is swooped up by a flying carpet to make the rest of the way into the journey or into the into the forest to meet journey. Eh, kind of both. Sure. I just think that's interesting because it's so strange. Journey, he's like, obviously he's a bad dude for trying to kill Alex, but it feels like he's showing compassion even in this moment in a way. Yeah, I, I agree even because when she gets there, Obviously, a little ways ahead of, of where we are now, but when she gets there, he even casts a spell to kind of reduce the pain on her ankle. Yeah, and I mean, he lets her say goodbye to Anna. He uh, he explains why this is happening to her and all this stuff, which we'll get into that, I'm sure. But we should just get into it now. I think he he really seems to care and feels bad about what he's doing, but that doesn't mean he's not a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a terrible person. Yeah. If you're trying to kill somebody, you're a terrible person. But mm -hmm. he's got some weird, like, very human traits mixed in with that, you yeah. know? I still really think that he can't bring himself to kill somebody directly. Right. I know whatever happened at the end of the chapter happened, but um, I just I just find it hard for him to not, or, like, to think that he would hurt someone on purpose when he's given the option not right. to. It's just, overall, it's very complicated, but at the end of the day, he's trying to kill her, and he does kind of explain why that is. Indeed. Which is important for us as readers. Yeah. You know? A wild twist of things. Lots of stuff yeah. comes out. I yeah. mean, he's so, part of the Thorn Circle. Right. Is yeah. the first important thing. Very important. Yeah. Alex is the secret keeper of the Fidelius charm for the Thorn Circle. Which Huge. is bizarre, right? Yeah. And, and <laughs> I kind of laughed at this, but... So we find out, right, Alex is the secret keeper. So her father made an infant be the secret keeper so that people couldn't find out about members of the Thorn Circle. Right. Even more complicated than that, part of this charm is that if a member of the Thorn Circle themselves tries to reveal the Thorn Circle, they die. Yeah. By by killing Alex, yeah, they they would be the ones that would because be they would have to, right? Right. In order to, in order to 
expose the secret, they'd have to kill Alex. And part of what Abraham Thorne did for Alex is is protect her. And if somebody tries to kill her, they die. Yeah. It's wild. And it's like, it must be if they try to kill her and they're going to succeed. Or maybe the dying thing is a last resort. Because he's certainly tried to kill her before and he hasn't died yet. But yeah. the difference here is that he's ends up shooting a bullet at her, right? Using a gun. Yeah. And the only I think the only option there is is for him to die, I guess. Yeah. There's well, not a way for her to skate out of that one. Also notably, not the first person he shoots with a gun. Yeah. Shoots at uh, Grimm as well. He does. Hits yeah. her and uh she like falls to the ground and she just insults him using muggle firearms. Are you kidding me? What what the hell, Ben? Muggle murder machines, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I think the reason like he never really faced any consequences earlier was because all of the methods he was trying were like indirect ways to kill her, like falling from the invisible invisible bridge, um, you know, the clockworks killing her, getting stuck in the attic with the cat, you know, all that stuff. It's not directly related to him. He might have helped cause it or whatever, but Whereas that charm, you know, if they were to directly kill her, then they would inflict the killing blow on themselves. And so, um, honestly, I, it makes me wonder about this Abraham Thorne guy. Like, what kind of person is this guy if he, like, in a good way, because he assumed 11 years ago that his uh, Thorn Circlers, I don't even know what they're called, Thorn Circlers, uh, his rose petals, let's say. Sure. <laughs> Uh, sure. Voldemort has Death Eaters and Abraham Thorne has Rose Petals. Yeah, Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> um, his followers would turn on him, which I I mean, he, so far in what I know from the Harry Potter series and now this series, he's the smartest villain that has ever been in the wizarding world. Maybe. Some seriously advanced magic. Is he a villain even anyways? We don't really know. Yeah. yeah. Like. He tried to assassinate the governor general, which is pretty it's bad. Pretty villainous. Pretty bad, but given, like, we haven't heard even that story yet, That's which true. I, I assume is going to come up eventually. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, but I could definitely see how the governor general is overstepping, you know, the dark scare, you know, whatever. Obviously, killing people isn't good. I'm not saying do that if they if you disagree with what they're doing, but I don't know. Also, I'd like to take just one step back, and I think I have just changed my opinion on Dean Grimm's plan. Okay. She sent Thiel with Alex and no doubt she just went and followed them and just hung out and waited to see what Alex would do. Hey, you're probably right. And then just followed her into the she, woods. As a precursor to her being shot with a gun and Alex being shot at by a gun, Dean Grimm does just show up on a broom where yeah, they are. I think she was just following Alex from like out of sight, basically. Again, using Alex's bait again. Of right? course. That, you know. that was exactly my thought as well. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't really considered that. I just thought she figured out where they were, but it makes more sense that she was just tailing Alex, knowing she was going to run out there. Yeah. What I think is interesting is, is Ben Journey trying to kill Alex selfishly, or is he trying to kill Alex to protect everybody else who was in the Thorn Circle. Because he's talking... At one point, he's telling the story of how when Alex was a baby, she was made the secret keeper for the Thorn Circle. And then talks about how the Thorn Circle had good intentions, but then when they failed to kill the Governor General, he knew that once the Governor General found out about Alex, it would be simple for the Governor General to force her to reveal everybody in the Thorn Circle. 
right? And then when they get when they get outed, assuming they go to jail or they're executed or whatever is going to happen. But surely he has to realize trying to assassinate an 11-year-old girl while she's at school is going to out him anyways. Well, here's the other question, right? Like, he's saying that the governor general can come and force everything out of her. She doesn't know who's in the thorn circle, does she? Like, if it was cast on her when she's an infant, she doesn't have that memory. I don't think she knows. And the other thing... And this I mean, is a, she certainly didn't know Ben Journey was. Right. <laughs> this is a big discrepancy I found in this chapter as compared to the mainline Harry Potter series. In the mainline Harry Potter series, Mad-Eye Moody is the secret keeper. No, Dumbledore is the secret keeper for number 12 Grimald Place. Yes. Right? When he dies, that gets passed on to everybody he told. Everybody who was part of the Order of the Phoenix. Right. But here you have Journey telling Alex that if she died, the secret would die with her. Is he just misinformed? Possibly, but it's also very clearly a different time of Fidelis charm than uh, the kind we see in Harry Potter if sure. people are dying by trying to attack her. And I suppose the argu- argument can also be made that she hasn't told anybody else yet. That's true. Right? Yeah. So that's a possibility as well, but that's an inconsistency only if what Journey says is true, but what he's saying if what he says is not true and he's just uninformed, then I guess it falls right in line with what we know about the charm as it is. Right. Right. Yeah. The only thing I can think of with the Fidelius charm, if I'm thinking about it correctly, I think if Alex were to say, tell, for instance, Governor General Huckstein, the Thorn Circle existed, then that unlocks everything else. Like, he's a part of that secret then. So then... People can then rat on other people, I guess. Like, Alex, I guess, doesn't necessarily have to know the details of the Thorn Circle, but as long as she acknowledges its existence, then that unlocks everybody else to then talk about it Maybe. with Governor General Huckstein. There's a possibility know. there. Because my, my thought is Ben doesn't tell anyone tell her anyone else that's in the circle. He only is able to, like, tell about himself. So I just don't know if she can even find out unless the members go up to her and say, I'm a member of the circle. Yeah. Which they can't do. Well, I think the they feast. can say it for themselves, I think. But like, like we even learned that. Because Ben says he is, right? Yeah, but that's not, his, that's not his real name. He can't even say his real name. Oh, his name isn't Ben. No. I must have missed that part. I Because I would think even saying to Alex, I'm a member of the Thorn Circle, would be them revealing the Thorn Circle, and they can't do that. I don't know. It's very complicated. Either way, we also come to find out that Ben believes that this special bracelet that we've been reading about this whole book is the protective charm on Alex. Right. It's the thing protecting her. And he says, that's why I couldn't kill you directly, because of the charmed bracelet. It won't protect you from accidents or critters, which is interesting. I want to come back to that in a second. But... He says he figured he she wouldn't be such a persistent survivor. So that's why he's not trying to kill her directly. Again, I'm going to say that he's probably misinformed here. I mean, it definitely seems that way, right? Because he's saying that she could die from accidents. I think there's no way that's true if all the accidents that she's had this school year didn't kill her in some way or another. Kind of, but most of them she beat, like, by herself, like... What accidents went off that she didn't survive on her own? Garrod and gas both times. The second time Anna f- saved her. The right. first time Theo saved her. Right. So both times she didn't survive on her own there. But I guess 
Well, the, I'm saying like there was a reason she survived. Right. It and wasn't just being protected. I think the reason that there was always a reason she survived is because of this mm. magic. See, I look at it a different way. I didn't think that was part of it. The only unexplained reason of her survival was the potion thing in my mind. Every other time there was someone with her or someone that got to her or she did something to save herself to where this circle of protection wasn't needed. That's potentially true also. I just, I guess I'm looking at it like liquid luck, right? Yeah. Where because she's under the influence of this magic, things just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Like Anna feels like she needs to go save her. Right. Or something. Feel just happens to show back up at the garroting gas. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Kind of, right? And, like, even with the potion exploding, while there was no miracle person showing up to save her or whatever, the luck, in my mind, the luck of the charmed bracelet there just redirected the explosion far enough away from her or something like that. I still think I disagree, but I think that's beautiful that there's two different ways of looking at it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I personally don't think it's the bracelet, just the bracelet, because she hasn't had it since Christmas. Since the fire. Well, and we find out that it's not just the bracelet, right? Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what happens is, I guess I said I wanted to come back to one word. He says it wouldn't protect you from accidents or critters. Is that confirmation that Journey had some influence over her going into the forest because of Larry Albo? Maybe. If she's going out there to try to prove she's not going to be killed by this creature. I mean, he might have had a talk with Larry the same way he had talked with Alex and said, you know, if you really want to scare her, just tell her about the hodag. Right. And I mean, Larry came up yeah. with the idea after that. Or or they did that on their own, but then he, like, if there was a hodag, tried to get it to come close to them or yeah, whatever. And you, also with critters, red caps and kappa. That's true also. Yeah. Way early. Yeah. It's Which a bit of a conspiracy. To be there to begin right. with. Or a reach, I think, for me to go say that he knew that there's a hodag out there or whatever, right. but uh, he is talking about critters and he did use the red caps and the kappas already. So it wouldn't be that much of a stretch for him to try to do something in the forest too. Yeah. Right. And he can't go up to her and say, I bet you can't live in the forest overnight. No. So, so just planting, if the he idea influenced Larry's Larry Albo to do it. Yeah. At any rate, I find this next bit and we're almost at the end of the chapter here. But I find this next bit of the chapter to be the most impressive Alex has been the whole book so far, in my opinion. This is the height of bravery, right? Because eventually what happens is she, first of all, (laughs) this is a very Alex thing, realizes that while what Ben is saying is interesting, she doesn't care. She's like, whatever, man, why are you still talking? Yeah, that's what I was saying in the summary, right? Like it's a Bond villain monologue. Before you kill the person, why do you need to tell them everything? Yeah. Who cares? Alex yeah. doesn't care at all. And Ben goes to kill Alex, and he tells her to close her, her eyes, which, again, adds more to you, Baylor, saying that he just can't kill a child. Right. right? right. And she refuses. She just opens her eyes and stares right back at him, which that is pretty badass, I have to say. Yeah. I think in this moment, Alex also believes he can't really do it. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. So does Dean Grimm, because yeah. she says it. Well, she Dean laughs. Grimm's like laughing. Yeah. She laughs and says it. At Dean the Grimm very is a crazy end, woman. At the very end, Dean Grimm is like begging not to, but is it because she knows about this circle of protection, or is it because she finally thinks, oh, he might actually do this? 
I think it's probably the latter. I mean, yeah. how could she know about the Circle of Protection? Yeah. I mean, how could she know about any of the Thorn Circle stuff if there's a Fidelis charm? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he also, um, at least from my interpretation of the duel from last chapter and up everything in this chapter, he has never used lethal spells against Grimm until he pulls out the gun and shoots her. Like, that's the first say, time that her life was in at in danger from him. I was going to say, it's also right at this point where he shoots her, and so that probably changes her demeanor a little yeah. bit as well. One more thing about Alex's bravery that I wanted to bring up, going back before, um, be, like, Alex and Anna meet up, obviously, with Journey, um, but when, when Alex and Journey are leaving to do the last shootout or whatever... Um, I honestly think Alex thinks she's dead. She's dead right here. She's yeah. gonna die, and she just another brave thing. She goes up and consoles her friend. Yeah, which I think was really cool, and also leaves a raven there to get help. No, I mean Brady said it really early in this episode. She is like loyal to a fault. Yeah. Like <laughs> her main concern when she's about to die is making sure that Anna gets inside okay. Yeah. I mean, one of her main concerns the whole book has been making sure that her friends don't suffer the consequences of Alex's actions. And I think in this moment, it's the most real it's been where Anna can potentially die in this moment. But she doesn't. Alex goes and confronts Journey. Grimm shows up. Journey shoots Grimm. And then Journey shoots Alex, or at least tries to. What happens is whatever this magical protection is stops the bullet or reflects the bullet or basically just delivers the same fate Alex was going to receive onto yeah, the killer. Yeah. Takes yeah. the bullet and transplants it back into Journey's body. I don't know. All we know is when Alex sits up and looks around trying to figure out what's going on, Ben is standing there clutching his chest with blood spreading all over the place from a bullet wound. Yeah. Notably, I wanted to point it out. Um, We've talked in the past how this is a much more adult version of the book, or yeah. a version of Harry Potter, basically. Uh, this death is obviously the most gore-filled death that we've ever seen in, in either Harry Potter or this series. So just think... showing, once again, that that uh, diversion between the two series. Yeah, and I think this is the point where I realized that, to be honest, was at this death scene. Because everything leading up to now, I mean... It's been a little bit darker, I think, than the start of Philosopher's Stone. But Philosopher's Stone is also a pretty dark book towards the end. But you don't see the bloody, gruesome death scene that you do in this That's one. exactly right. right. I think that's probably why wizards look at things like guns and swords as being barbaric. Right. Is because the way when wizards kill, there is no mess. Yeah. yeah. Right? There is no gore. There is no wounding to see. Nothing. And so in this moment you see actual blood in the wizarding world that Alex can see and that Grimm can see. And surely this is the first time Grimm's, Grimm's been shot or even maybe damaged by a muggle weapon, right? It is more visceral in that moment. Yep. It is more intense in that moment because of that. I will say that Journey dies. Yep. He murders himself. What a plot twist. <laughs> Grimm shows up and protects Alex a little bit, tells her to close her eyes. She doesn't need to be seeing this. Everything's going to be fine. And Alex actually doesn't mind being consoled by Grimm in this moment, which is interesting. And I think maybe it's because, frankly, for Alex, Journey felt like the only adult who was on her side. And now maybe she realizes that for all of Grimm's faults, 
Grimm might actually be on her side too a little bit. Yeah, not to not, dismiss some of the behavior right. that Grimm's Not to done. dismiss using an 11-year-old as bait to catch a murderer or beating yeah. the 11-year-old or whatever, but it is true that Grimm's the only person who followed them out into the forest, right? Yeah. I mean, Grimm mm-hmm. just got shot to try to protect Alex. Also, one thing I wanted to point out about good old Ben Journey, the last spell he casts in his life is really cool. It's uh, Nex Cornicus is how I think it's pronounced. And it just makes the entire forest come to life and start fighting Dean Grimm. It's what pretty a neat. cool spell. It's very strong. Yeah. All of the crows, right? No, it's. Uh, I think it's the trees themselves. Well... No, maybe it's uh, maybe it's both because it seems like the trees are moving or something, but also that the crows attack too. Yeah, so it's pretty neat. Pretty cool spell coming from a hippie. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if that's a Confederation approved spell. Probably not. More dark magic. <laughs> Damn it, Journey. Regardless, Journey dies. The chapter ends shortly afterwards with Dean Grimm consoling Alex and. I don't know. How do we feel? I mean, now that it's been revealed and it's over with, sort of, we don't have a lot of time, but how do we feel about this being the culmination of this book? Felt a little rushed, but not horrible, I guess. Um, I wrote in my notes, answers feel nice, LMAO. Answers do feel nice. Um, Yeah. But more on a serious point, um... I applaud Inverarty for the plot twist because I had no not suspected Journey at all other than our subtle conversation maybe last chapter. Right. It was the first time I ever, well, obviously he reveals himself last chapter, but the chapter before that, I mean, um, he was completely like, I thought he was the coolest guy in school, to be honest. Yeah. And my big problem with this chapter in specific is the monologue. Like, those Bond monologues, I don't like them. I don't think they make a lot of sense for the villain to sit there and tell someone their whole plan before killing them. But at least journey is set up throughout the entire book to be like an apologetic guy to where like, even though I'm going to have to kill you, I want you to say goodbye to your friend. I don't want you to have to walk on your hurt foot and listen, this is why this has to happen. Yeah. I mean, so at least it's built up. It's not like Dr. Evil, give me a million dollars or I'm going to blow up the moon. Here's my monologue that gives you enough time to stop me. Yeah. At least with journey, He's it's like he's killing Alex for a pathetic reason almost. And the other like he's thing a sad too. sack and he knows it. Yeah. And so that goes into the end where he's giving this speech to Alex and you really feel who he is even in this moment. He doesn't become Professor Quirrell who spent no. the whole book being this like stuttering guy who's scared of everything only to totally subvert everything and I actually appreciate that. Journey yeah. is still Journey even when he's here shooting Alex with a gun. And also to Inverarity's credit, as opposed to all the Bond villains or Mr. Evil or whoever you want to talk about that sits there monologuing until their plan fails, his plan didn't fail. Had he not miscalculated what the circle of protection was, he kills Alex. For sure. And he probably gets away since Dean Grimm has a bullet in her, and he probably lives without anyone knowing that he was ever part of the Thorn Circle. I agree. So just a simple miscalculation rather than the monologue being the issue it failed. I agree. That being said, that's where the chapter ends. Really fun chapter. Again, the last two chapters have been great. They've been off the walls, they've been exciting, and they've been awesome. So, because of that, who are we going to cast this week? 
big letdown on the casting. Great chapter, <laughs> but we're going down to Mr. Hobbs, who I think we heard of one time. Yeah, do we even have a description <laughs> for that guy? We do, and I actually sent it in a message to you guys. Mr. Hobbs was an older man with frizzy white hair. He looked a bit like a mad scientist in green robes. Even his smile was eccentric, lopsided, and showing too many teeth. Excellent. Who do you want to go first? I'll take this one, okay. and then we'll finish up with one of you going next. I went with the main villain in Dexter New Blood, Clancy Brown. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good good guy. I think yeah. he fits it, and especially when he smiles with his teeth, it is a really big, like, happy smile, and I think I could see him playing a lunatic character, especially after Dexter. I think it's a great idea. I think he's... <laughs> A great uh, casting as well, and so, um, in my opinion, he's one of the few people that upgrades any cast he's a part of. He's awesome. He's incredible. Baylor, how about you? Yeah, so I feel like this one was teed up for me, which is nice always. But I just threw out the old Jack Nicholas because Nicholson, excuse me. <laughs> oh, excellent. Because <laughs> why not? You know. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> Especially that picture. Yeah. I can get behind him. Anytime. I can too, as long as he's making that face that you just showed in that picture. Yeah. <laughs> His one scene in our movie, he'll be making that face the whole time. Man, he is a gem. Like, every time I see him in, like, Hollywood stuff, he is just the funniest and, like, happiest guy to be around. It's it's awesome. Yeah. How about you, Brady? Uh, for me, I didn't see the description until right now so uh, uh, my casting maybe description wise is a little bit off and <laughs> frankly my take on Mr. Hobbs is totally different than the description that you gave and okay. so instead I'm going to go with Michael Caine oh. so in this in this world Mr. Hobbs is uh, refined and dapper yeah and nice. kind of a butler to Batman maybe my worst casting of the year but hey that's my still mistake beats josh allen we we can live in that potentially world. potentially come on potentially a part of a secret uh, spy organization potentially <laughs> you never know you know we don't know much about mr hobbs true he could live underground in a cave of some sort and let's be real when people cast movies they don't get stuck in the very small details from a book like they don't get stuck in hardly stuff. any of the details from a true, book to be honest true. but i think that's it for casting this week so with that all taken care of, and knowing that our studio time is running very short, Baylor, remind us of your prediction from last week about Chapter 26. I'm glad you threw in the title there, because even though it is titled Murder in the Woods, I don't think that Anna will be the one that is murdered. Saying that now. Um, I think I do think that Ben Journey will be killed by the WDG WDJ WJD whatever. Um, but and then also Dean Graham will explain what the hell this turn of events means. All right, very interesting. Uh, first of all, correct. Anna was not the one killed. Yeah. I Journey did die. Journey did die. Wasn't at the hand of the WDJ. Was not. Was at the hand of himself, or maybe we could even blame it on Abraham Thorne. And additionally, Alex did figure everything out, but not from Dean Grimm. It was Journey <laughs> who who gave the answers. Overall, a good, really good guess. You're like, it just came from the wrong people. You were like dancing around it the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Bummer. I would say, oh no, 
English or average American system. I was going to go one above that, actually. Excellent. Is it excellent? It is. Yes. That's what I was going to go because you got the theme of it. You just mixed up the names. Well, I thought <laughs> it'd be much lower than that, but thank you. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I, I want to push maybe. for average. Oh. All right. Fine. We can knock him down a tier. The thing is, is right, like. That's more like it. <laughs> two of the three points made in the prediction were at least half. Were correct. on ballpark, but not <laughs> oh. right. All right, fine. I'll I'll get knocked down this time. All right, I am a bit of a tougher grader when it comes to these, anyways. But uh, with that average, Baylor, why don't you make a prediction for next week's episode, which is about chapter twenty-seven, and it's called Broken Circle. Much will be explained now that Alex's murderer, would-be murderer, has been discovered. This chapter is called Broken Circle because Alex will learn that she will have enemies both from the Governor General's side and former Thorners as well. Finally, the Dean will turn out to be a nice person. (laughs) And uh, I have my fingers crossed on that one. I'm so sorry for laughing in the middle of that. (laughs) We'll... uh... We'll see if Chapter 27 is the redemption of Dean Graham or not. I've got one question for you, Baylor. Long-term-ish prediction. Okay. There's three chapters left in this book. Besides what you just said, what's going to happen in the final three chapters? Like, everything plot-wise has been fixed. Indeed, yeah. So, what now? I think think we'll see the explanation from the Dean, like I said, in the prediction. Yeah. Uh, We also have an incoming meeting potential with Governor General Huxting. I think that'll be a fun time. Um, and then, you know, just like all the other Harry Potter books, I think we'll have a casual ending with them returning home for the summer. All right. One direct question. Will we meet Abraham Thorne? In this book? Yeah. Potentially a last chapter oh, reveal? Potentially. Come Way on. to commit. Yeah, you know, like that. Sure, I'll I'll go ahead and say he'll reveal himself at the end of the chapter. Okay, and I'll go even as far to say he's been Charlie the entire time. Wow! Oh wow! He's okay. Wow! (laughs) (laughs) From undercommitting to overcommitting like crazy, a little bit. Uh, Thanks for that, Baylor, and really thanks for everybody for listening to another episode of the Remedial Magic Podcast. Next week we will be talking about Chapter Twenty Seven, as we just discussed, and I wanted to remind you all that if you wanted to. Hit us up on social media. All of those links are in the link tree, which you can find in the description of our podcast. And while you're at it, while you're down in that part, go ahead and leave us a review if you haven't yet. Really helps us get this thing pushed out to more people and, uh, frankly, just makes Delbert's Day better. True. And if you uh, have ever ridden the Hogwarts roller coaster, or the Hagrid's roller coaster, rather, let us know on the subreddit. Let us know on the Discord how the ride was. That would be great. At any rate... Have a good night. Deuces.